Act 4 of Brewster's Millions by Winchell Smith and Byron Ongley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act 4. Scene. Set same as first act. Ottoman and all furniture is covered with burlap covers and piled up stage except settee, which sets left, below arch, also covered. Several large packing boxes about, also. Cards. Sol J. Wilson, auctioneer, pinned on everything. Kitchen table right with packing box before it. It is 20 minutes before 12 noon on September 23rd, one year after the first act, Monty's 26th birthday. A subdued funereal atmosphere permeates. Lights full up, white foots. Border, side lights, amber. Olivet, off left. Mac, cross right third, enters with ledgers, left third, downstairs. Bragg! Bragg! Bragdon enters from right. Well, what do you want now? I want to show you about this ledger. Some of them won't believe Monty's crazy. Miss Gray won't have it for a minute, but wait until they see this. Bragdon, crossing to Mac. What's wrong with it? Wrong? Why, it's all upside down. Look here. He has placed everything he's spent to his credit. Notice what he has charged himself with. Lumber and fuel misfortune. $58,550. Monte Carlo education. Seventy-five thousand dollars. Polite. A racetrack error. Fifty thousand dollars. Do you mean to tell me that man's sane? That's the book he has always kept locked in his safe. Sits on table right. Say, Bragg, listen to this item. Credit. Losing my best friend and breaking his heart. Thirty-five thousand dollars. Nopper Harrison. I always thought Monty knew what became of him. Whenever Nopper's name is mentioned, Monty closes up like a clam. Puts book back with others on large box upright. Enter Rawls, left. Mrs. DeMille, Miss Armstrong. Enter Mrs. DeMille and Janice, left. Rawls exits left. How are you, ladies? Hello, boys. What's up? Is Van here? No, he isn't here. Bragdon, right center, rises as they enter. Thank you so much for coming, ladies. We don't mind coming, but what's happened? It's a mournful place to ask you to, but Mac and the rest of us thought that now everything of Montes is gone. Is there nothing left? Absolutely nothing, Mrs. Dan. It's taken the last penny to pay that salvage. Well... We thought that, with all New York guying him, it might help a little to show that we still want to be his friends, if he will let us. Mrs. Dan, crosses left, sits on settee. Of course we do. He's acted like an idiot and doesn't deserve any sympathy. Janice sits up center on Ottoman left. But it's tough to keep away from him just because he's down and out. Well, Van says we all ought to try and help him some way. 
I've thought of getting up a subscription. Subscription? Yes. All of us who were on that yacht might contribute a little. Bragdon crosses up-center to Janice. Dan says he wouldn't accept any subscription. Mrs. Dan, sitting on settee, left. He ought to. If he'd paid all that salvage because he thought our lives were in danger, he should allow us to show our gratitude. Of course he should. He has to leave this house today, and every blessed thing in it has been sold, so he will have no place to sleep. Dan says there's a way to help him, and that he might accept. What is it? Well, this is his birthday, and Dan says there is no reason why we shouldn't make him birthday presents. Why haven't we thought of that before? I will see Colonel Drew. He wants to do something for him. Monty did him a big favor once. And we'll get him things he can turn into money. Money? Why, if he turns them into money, he will have it all spent by midnight. I think not. He's had a hard lesson. Van says we'd have to be careful not to let him think it is because his money is gone. On, Van says, Bragdon leaves her and joins Mac downright. The repetition is getting on their nerves. Where is Monty now? Upstairs, locked in his room. He made Bragg and me promise to wait here. He didn't go to bed at all last night. Had people carting things away from the house all night long. I don't think he's had anything to eat for two days. Enter Rawls, left. Mr. Vanderpool. Enter Vanderpool, left, goes center. Janice rises. Hello, everybody. I thought I'd find you here. Shakes hands with Janice. Oh, I saw Monty this morning. All turn to him with exclamations. He dashed in, threw me a month's salary, and made me give him a receipt for it. Takes salary envelope from pocket. Why, dearest, you took money from him when you knew he hasn't anything left? Couldn't help it. He had his receipt and was gone before I knew what it was all about. Mrs. Dan rises, takes envelope from Vanderpool. Well, you can turn that money over to Janice and me. What? This is his birthday, and we are going to make him presents. Bully, I'll go with you. They all move left. No, you won't. You hunt up Colonel Drew. Bragg, can you see Subby and Gardner? Mrs. Dan and Janice exit left. What shall I say to him? Oh, I'll explain that to you. Come on. Bragdon exits after ladies left. Janice comes back in archway left. Archie, dear. Vanderpool turns. Oh, yes, of course. Excuse me. Exits left. Archie, dear. Bah. Bragdon at arch upper left. Goodbye. Mac and I will go shopping too, just as quickly as Monty comes downstairs. Say, Bragg, if we bought that fellow a nice comfortable room in Bloomingdale's, it would do more good than birthday presents. I don't understand it. He acts like a crazy man, but somehow I can't believe it. No, you and Miss Gray won't believe it until he kills somebody. 
but you just notice him carefully and— Monty is heard on stairs, Bragdon warningly, pointing left third. Hush, here he comes. Mac crosses upper right center, Bragdon stays left. Enter Monty with receipts downstairs, has sign marked sold on back of coat, places bundles on table right. What have you got there? A million dollars worth of receipts. Here, boys, sign for these salaries, will you? Takes two salary envelopes from pocket. Now see here, Monty. We don't want to take these. Boys, please remember our agreement. I know I've led you fellows a devil of a dance. But you can all have your liberty now. Brewster's business is at an end. Thank God. Amen. Now, you won't refuse to take these, will you? Van took his and receded for it. Yes, but we don't. Mac crosses to him. Never mind, Bragg. This is his birthday. We'll take it, Monty. Crosses left. Monty handing them salaries. That's the idea, boys. Just sign here. Indicating receipt... He goes up to Ottoman Center, sits. Bragdon has fountain pen. They sign. Bragdon, after he has signed. Are you going out, Monty? Not until after twelve o'clock. You can bet on that. Here are the books you wanted. Brings books from box upright and places them on receipts. Now everything has been turned over to you. Bragdon and Mac cross left quickly. Thanks. What's your hurry? We have an errand, but we're coming back again. Goodbye. So long. Bragdon and Mac exit left. So long. Sees cuff buttons, calling. Oh, Mac! Mac! Mac enters left. Monty has crossed down right center. Mac. Mac crosses to him. You always admired these cuff buttons. I want you to have them. Gives Mac links, which he has taken from his shirt. That's all right, old man. Exits left. Monty, at table right, leaning on receipts. Broke and lonesome. I'd like to find the man who says spending money's easy. Well, maybe they'll think differently of things soon. Enter Rawls, left. There's a man here with a package. Monty, going to Rawls quickly. Don't let him in. But he says it's a birthday present, sir. I don't want a birthday present. Have you got that gun I gave you this morning? Yes, sir. If anybody attempts to buy you with a package, you shoot him. Shoot him on sight. Goes to Rawls. Yes, sir. Rawls exits left. Monty goes to Ottoman again. Enter Trixie left. I knew you were here, so I just walked right in. Offers her hand. Shaking hands. I've been trying to see you ever since you arrived. You're different from most people. They've been trying to avoid me. Won't you? Hesitates, then indicates box right. Sit down. Thank you. Sits on box right. You're looking well. You've only seen me once before in your life, so I don't consider you a very good judge. Monty, sitting beside her. I know if you look well, even if I haven't seen you. Well, we won't fight about that. I came to ask you a question, and I don't know how to begin. Why not ask it without thinking how to begin? I've been reading the papers lately. Indeed. And I've seen in them what Mr. Smith calls 
some very unfavorable comments about you. Stubby puts it mildly. They say you have lost all your money. They're mistaken. I haven't lost it. I've spent it. Is everything gone? Everything, except what I've got on. And that reminds me, my hat and overcoat. Goes to Ottoman, brings hat and coat, places them on table, pauses, looking for a moment at coat, then sits. Trixie, after he is seated. It doesn't surprise me. I knew you'd do it. That's more than I did. I haven't been so foolish. I've saved some. I congratulate you. And it's coming in faster than I can spend it. Gee, that's an awful feeling, isn't it? I know what that means. I've been through it. Mr. Brewster, you did everything in the world that money could do for me. Why did you do it? Well, I didn't do it to have you ask questions after I had done it. Then I won't ask any more. What I came to tell you was that I have about $15,000 lying in the bank, and I want you to take it. Monty, jumping up and quickly backing away. I beg your pardon. I cannot take it. Please don't be foolish about it, Mr. Brewster. I don't need it. Besides, it's really yours anyway. Forcing paper upon him again. Shh! Please don't let anybody hear you say that it is mine. It's yours. I can prove it. I have your receipts. I'll see you in two weeks. Monty exits right running. Mr. Brewster! Well... Goes up to entrance right. Enter Rawls left. Miss Gray. Exits left. Enter Peggy. Peggy looks at Trixie, then turns away. Miss Gray. Yes. Standing left. I'm Miss Clayton. Standing right. Yes. Trixie, coming center. I want to speak to you a moment. I think you can help me. I came to see Mr. Brewster, and he ran out of the room and left me. Will you help me? Peggy, crossing center. What is it you wish? I want you to induce Mr. Brewster to take back some of the money he has spent on me. Why? Because I've tried and failed. And I thought, perhaps, you would make him see that he ought to take it. I don't understand. Of course, you know what he has done for me. But he has acted so strangely. The night of the house party, when I met him, he told me that he thought I had a wonderful voice. And afterward, I found out that he had not heard me sing at all. When he offered to make me a star, I couldn't believe my ears. But when the company was engaged and rehearsals began, and I was given a beautiful apartment and jewels and gowns and servants and everything on earth I could think of, and more... I thought, as the showgirls say, that Mr. Brewster was taken with me. But he has never even called on me from that day to this. Why, he has given me the greatest chance a woman ever had, and I have never been able to say thank you to his face before. What do you mean? That you have never seen Mr. Brewster since... since... Taking step toward Trixie. Never since the housewarming. I expected for months that I should see him and get some sort of explanation, but none ever came. I don't think it needs an explanation. 
but some people have the wrong ideas about it. Of course, his real friends, those who know him well, like you and your mother, would never believe anything wrong of him. Peggy, approaching Trixie. No, his real friends would never believe. But, oh, Miss Clayton, I did believe. I did believe. Miss Gray. He told me it wasn't true, but I... I'm so glad you came here. I'll help you in anything I can. I'm glad you've had your chance, and I hope you'll be the finest, finest actress in the world. They embrace, and Miss Clayton cries. Trixie crosses to exit left, then stops. Well, I haven't returned the money, but I've done something. Goodbye. Exits left. Enter Monty right. Peggy! Monty, can you ever forgive me? Monty, stepping back and looking at her. Forgive you? For what? For believing. I mean, for not believing. I'm so ashamed. I'll never doubt you again. What do you mean? I've just heard. Crosses to him. You've heard? Is Jones here? He crosses left, quickly, looking off stage. No, no. A step down. What do you mean, just heard? He crosses to her. Miss Clayton has just been here, and I don't care what anyone says now. Ah, then you do believe in me, and you're going to stand by me and be the Peggy of the old days. Listen, Peggy, at this moment I haven't a penny in the world. I've spent a million dollars in a year. Do you care enough to stand by a poor, miserable devil at whom the whole world is laughing? I love you, Monty. Begin again. Forget this terrible year. We'll build a new life together. And you won't mind being poor with me? I can never be poor with you. I'm the happiest. Starts to embrace her. Enter Rawls with telegram on cigar box lid. Monty breaks away. A telegram for you, sir. I wouldn't let the boy in. And did you shoot him? Uh, no, sir. Monty, looking at telegram. Sure it's only a telegram? Uh, yes, sir. Opens telegram slowly, suspiciously. Well, well. I beg pardon, sir. Thirty cents charges. Certainly. Thirty cents? What for? Uh, the telegram, sir. Yes, of course, the telegram. Tell the boy to take it back. Puts telegram on salver. Peggy, opening purse. Monty, let me. I beg pardon, sir. If you'll allow me. Certainly, Rawls. And I'll give it back to you presently. Rawls, going left. Oh, pray don't mention it, sir. I don't mention it. I haven't said a word. I'll hand it back to you at one minute after twelve. Exit, Rawls, left. I hope it isn't bad news. I hate telegrams. Monty, handing her telegram. Don't worry, dear. Read it. Read it. Smiling. I think it's good news. Looking at telegram. Go on. Go on. Peggy reads. It says, Jones has disappeared. Looking at telegram. I've always thought this Jones, whoever he is, would be better out of the way. He... Why, Monty, is it bad news? Looking at Monty, putting head on shoulder. 
Monty staring before him. I don't know exactly. Won't you tell me what it means? Monty, taking telegram, looking at it. Why, Peggy, if this telegram is right, it means that I am a pauper. Do you realize that? A pauper. I can't ask you to marry me now. It wouldn't be fair. Why not? Because I'm broke. What difference does that make? You did ask me just now, and you were broke then. I know, dear, but that was a different kind of broke. Crossing left in front of Satie. Whatever do you mean? Enter Rawls. Mr. Harrison. Mr. Harrison? Nopper? Not Mr. Nopper Harrison. Yes, sir. Enter Harrison, left. Exit Rawls, left. Monty, old man. Oh, but it's good to see you. Shaking hands, center. That goes double, Nopper. But you've come at a bad time. Peggy, how do you do? Why, what's the trouble, Monty? Made a fool of myself. Spent all my money. The papers told me that. Is the whole thing gone? Everything. Enter Rawls. Mr. Grant. Mr. Grant enters left. Grant, excited, out of breath. Ah, oh. how do you do, Mr. Brewster? Did you get my wire? Yes, sir, just now. Sorry to have frightened you. We found him. Found him? Peggy and Harrison down right center. There was a report he'd disappeared. But he's in New York and will be here at twelve o'clock. Monty crossing quickly to Peggy. Do you hear that, Peggy? He's here. It's all right. Jones is here. Excuse me, Miss Gray, Mr. Grant, Mr. Harrison, Mr. Grant. Oh, this is good news. Center going to Grant. Are your books ready for inspection? Yes, sir. All your money gone? Every penny of it. Absolutely penniless? Absolutely penniless. No article of jewelry, finance, visible or invisible asset. Not quite penniless. Thank heaven. Monty, allow me to return to you the $35,000 I owe you. Takes out money, hands it to Monty. You don't owe me anything, Nopper. Pushing Harrison back. Oh, yes, I do. It's been on my mind every moment since. Keep it on your mind a couple of minutes longer. What's the meaning of this, Mr. Brewster? Monty Center trying to make light of it. Nothing at all. Mr. Brewster, what does this mean? Monty, slowly, with feeling. It means, Mr. Grant, that I've lost. Lost? Haven't you dissipated the fortune? No, sir. Here are $35,000 that refuse to dissipate. Now look here, Mr. Grant. I've made a hard fight to carry out this contract, and I've got to do it. What time is it? What time is it? Grant, taking out watch. Two minutes of twelve. Two minutes. Two minutes to spend $35,000. Look here, Mr. Grant. You've given me advice. Why won't you accept this as council fees? I'm sorry, Mr. Brewster. I can't do that. I'm retained by Jones as executor's counsel. Executor's counsel? Executor. Executor. 
Why, executors get fees, don't they? Yes. Isn't Mr. Jones the executor of my uncle's estate? Yes. What are executors' fees? Not less than one-half of one percent of the principal. One-half of one percent of seven million dollars. Why, that's thirty-five thousand dollars, isn't it? Brewster, I follow you. Good. Well, then, there you are. Here are my books, my papers, and my receipts, faithfully and honorably kept. And here, Mr. Grant, are $35,000, Mr. Jones' fee as executor of my uncle's estate. Now, Mr. Grant, I haven't a penny in the... Places money in Grant's hand and backs away up center. My boy, I congratulate you. Rawls is heard off stage, expostulating with people who want to enter left. No, no, you can't come in. No, he expressly said, no, you cannot. No, go back. They break by him and enter left with packages, enter all with birthday presents. Happy birthday, birthday, Monty. Monty. Offering presents. Wait, wait, not yet. Chimes strike twelve o'clock. Mr. Grant, let me introduce you to the finest lot of friends a man was ever cursed with. They've been trying to ruin me with birthday presents. Twelve o'clock. It's all right. Peggy, dear, I can ask you now. I'm rich. What do you mean? I mean, I made a contract to spend a million dollars in a year in order to get seven million left me by my uncle. You'll know all about it in a minute. He's here. Enter Rawls. Rawls, center. Mr. Swearington Jones. Yes? Uh, I wouldn't let him in. Well, you let him in. They run off left. Curtain. End of Act 4. End of Brewster's Millions by Winchell Smith and Byron Ongley.